0: All right, folks, before we get to the main thing, I want to let you know that this episode of Oil & Gas Upstream is made possible by our good friends at Technip FMC. Now, you probably know them for their subsea business, but did you know that Technip FMC is doing fantastic things for the industry at the surface? The latest innovation is called Emission, mission and E-Mission will let you monitor and control vapor pressure in real time. To learn more, visit technipfmc.com.
1: Oil and gas production is the union of natural systems with advanced science and complex engineering. Smart people across the globe create this remarkable place we call Upstream, and each day brings a new challenge. This is the Oil & Gas Upstream podcast, where we look at how these systems come together
0: and learn from the people who make it happen.
2: Welcome to Oil & Gas Upstream. For those of you who are wondering, wait, this is supposed to be oil and gas onshore, and where's Jason Gautier? Well, you're in the right place. We thank Jason for hosting over 175 episodes, and many of you know that Jason has gone on to follow his dream. I'm Elena Melkert, your host of Oil & Gas Upstream. Some of you know me as the former director for oil and gas research development at the U.S. Department of Energy. I retired from the DOE a year ago, August, and founded a small consultancy, and that gives me the time to do this, and I'm so excited to get started. But before I introduce our guest today, I want to thank Technip FMC for sponsoring this podcast. So now I'd like to introduce you to Hamed Shamu. And he is the founder and CEO of PetroLearn.
0: Hi, Am- uh, hi, Elena. Thanks for inviting us uh, to your podcast today. I'm looking forward to an exciting conversation.
2: Great, thank you. And also with us is Carrie Feller. She's a business director, director of business development at uh, PetroLearn. Hey, Carrie.
1: Hi, Elena. Thanks for inviting us. We're
2: excited to be here. Great, great. Ahmed. Um, founder and CEO of PetroLearn. Tell us about PetroLearn. Uh,
0: yeah, PetroLearn uh, creates value by combining excellence and innovation uh, for subsurface operations from traditional oil and gas to renewable uh, energy by developing technologies that enable real-time characterization, modeling, and monitoring of subsurface uh, ultimately, our goal is uh, making oil and gas operations safer and more efficient, as well as accelerating the transition to renewables.
2: Great, great. That sounds like you're right in the sweet spot of what um, everything uh, everything that people want right now in terms of oil and gas, and, and especially energy. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what that entails?
0: Uh, yes, of course. Uh, we strongly believe that oil and gas will be a part of the future energy mix and uh, of course will stay with us for uh, many more years. So it's very essential to uh, dedicate a big portion of our efforts for a net zero carbon future. To number one, optimize oil and gas operations to make sure everything is safer and more uh, uh, efficient. And number two, uh, decarbonize oil and gas industry uh, by carbon capture uh, utilization and storage. Uh, Petrolene is actively involved in the CO2 storage space. Specifically, we are applying our subsurface technologies to enable risk identification, mitigation, and most importantly, real-time decision-making. On the renewable energy side, our choice is geothermal energy. It is a natural transition uh, from from our strong oil and gas heritage and has huge potential to secure energy demand in the future.
2: Excellent. Excellent. And uh, so, so Carrie, that's quite a, quite a portfolio for um, PetroLearn. So, so tell us about uh, your work um, with Hamed at uh, Learn.
1: Thanks, Elena. Yeah. Being part of a a small business, I wear uh, many hats, but my, again, my title and the primary focus is business development. I'm incredibly lucky to facilitate discussions that help our customers find solutions and extract more value from our operations. So it's been, I've spent the vast majority of my career in upstream oil and gas and had the opportunity to join PetroLearn and delighted to kind of make the transition to utilizing all of my experience in oil and gas to both help those operations and then look forward to uh, the renewables and expanding the upstream space into geothermal and carbon capture.
2: Yes, that's right. That's great. So um, we, want to do a little bit of education here as it turns out, as I realize, people define upstream a little differently person to person depending on their point of view, on where they're coming from, what their past experience has been. When I was working at DOE, I would talk about upstream as everything that was before midstream. <laughs> Right. everything that it would take to get it you know from the lact in you know just before getting it uh, to the to the marketplace and so um everything up uh, subsurface I would talk about um and and this and it's especially challenging to use terms like upstream and midstream and downstream to people who um aren't really familiar with oil and gas and the whole, the whole value chain. So, so Hamed, give us a little bit, or Carrie, the one of you, give us a little, um, thought just how you guys define, um, upstream at Petroler. Um, is it the same, you know, as I would, as I would do it, you know, kind of in general terms, but I guess when you're talking with people in the industry, you, um, kind of service a, a wide group. Um, Hamed, perhaps you can talk a little bit about, you know, how you define upstream.
0: Um, yeah, there's th- a very good question and, uh, you know, upstream, downstream is quite confusing terms. Uh, I mean, whenever I talk specifically people, even people inside the oil and gas industry, but specifically outside oil and gas, talking about the upstream, so everybody thinks that so is upstream. So everything is, I mean, above the surface, probably refineries, you know, uh, transportation, but it is mm-hmm. totally opposite. So. Uh, the definition, uh, to me, the definition of upstream uh, is basically anything subsurface, anything below the surface from uh, characterization, drilling, you know, uh, 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 different operations that we do subsurface until the point that, we, that the oil and gas reaches surface is basically part of the upstream oil and gas.
2: Great, great. And Carrie, do you find the same thing with respect uh, to talking with clients perhaps um, about the fine line, the line that we call um, upstream? It's probably not a fine line, especially in the wide uh, portfolio that you have with respect to upstream.
1: Fantastic question. So to follow up on what Hamid said is certainly what we deal with here at PetroLearn is the subsurface. So the vast majority of our conversation is strongly grounded in upstream and kind of what the customers are looking for as they develop assets, uh, as they're looking for risk mitigation, all of those fantastic things. But through the trajectory of my career, you know, I spent some time in completions and being the global deep water analyst for a major service company. And doing that, I would say my definition probably follows a little more strongly along yours. So everything before midstream, uh, before it actually enters a pipeline and goes into that entity. So when you're talking about deep water and some of those, it does include some of the installations and all of those wonderful things, the, the amazing technology that's been developed for us to continue to extend, extend the, uh, the frontiers for those developments.
2: Yeah, that's, that's fabulous. Hamid, how did you get into the oil business?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, by background, um, I'm a mining engineer. Uh, then I did my master in rock mechanics, or uh, what is, is better known in the oil and gas industry as geomechanics. So geomechanics is a multidisciplinary field uh, with applications in mining, civil engineering, uh, petroleum engineering. So since I'm born and grew up in a company that's, you uh, op- uh, know, economy uh, is based on oil, uh, Iran, I decided to choose oil and gas industry as my, you know, primarily focus. So uh, I did my PhD in petroleum engineering in Australia, and since then, uh, I think it's more than uh, 25 years now, and my technical focus has been uh, on sustainable development of conventional and uncon- unconventional hydrocarbon and geothermal resources with advanced geomechanics analysis. So this is how I get to uh, oil and gas industry.
2: Yeah, yeah, And
0: I, I, I should, I mean, uh, say that, you know, it has been a very rewarding, uh, career that I've had, uh, in oil and gas, giving me a lot of opportunities to travel, to live in different countries. Uh, I, I live in, I think, more than seven or eight countries uh, along my career <laughs> in oil and gas. And I, I, I have a lot of fine memories from, from this past 25 years, which, uh, really requires an appreciation to the oil and gas industry, creating these type of opportunities for people.
2: Yeah, yeah, great. And Carrie, you a little you alluded a little bit to some of the diversity of your career on oil and gas. How did you um, – you sound like you're from Texas, so are you a Texan <laughs> in the oil business?
1: I, I have lived in Texas and Houston my entire career, which is rare and probably the opposite of, of Hamid, in that <laughs> I've, I've pretty much been here, the center of oil and gas, Right. Um, and my path was probably less deliberate than Hamid's. Uh, I graduated from college with a political science degree, which is you know incredibly in demand everywhere, right? Everybody wants to hire a political scientist. Um, I had another fun job immediately after college and then decided to get a bit more serious about my career and had an opportunity at Baker Hughes. I knew someone that was that um, was employed there and they got me an interview, which is fantastic. and that started, 15 amazing years uh, with a premier service company. And I really enjoyed the international perspectives and the significance of the energy industry, uh, along with all the amazing people that work here in this industry. Uh, throughout my career, and particularly here at PetroLearn, which has been an amazing step for me in that trajectory, I feel like I'm making a, ne- a difference every day. We know energy empowers lives. And when we're looking at some of the energy transition and the opportunity here in the upstream today. To expand into some of these new spaces, it's really a um, dynamic and exciting spot to be.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how you start someplace and you end up someplace else. I My undergraduate work was in soil science at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And I, um, that's where I met my husband. And he graduated a year before I did. And so he started work in Bakersfield. And so when I got married, I knew I was moving to Bakersfield. And that's how I got into the oil and gas business uh, Getty Oil Company, or Getty Mining Company, Getty Oil Company, Texaco, and then the Department of Energy at Elk Hills before um, coming to Washington, D.C. You just never know. And absolutely, my um, soils background, especially with, uh, with clays, clay mineralogy. Um, even just you know particle size understanding, you know uh, the differences, um, has really helped me with the unconventional's um, as as we're trying to explore and unlock uh, unlock all of that. So so Hamid, um, your company recently won an award um, from the Department of Energy National Energy Technology Laboratories. You want to share a little bit about that? Brag a little bit. It's okay. We're very proud of
1: you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, Yeah, we actually, uh, one and a half year ago, uh, Department of Energy, the SMART initiative uh, team, announced a competition for developing the next generation subsurface visualization tool uh, to basically help uh, real-time visualization of subsurface, specifically for uh, CO2 carbon storage. So uh, with the objective to be able to uh, track and monitor the CO2 plume to, to identify any any potential risk of leakage um, so uh, we decided to participate in this competition and win and we did it so uh, we are really excited and happy it was a uh, one and a half a year of you know uh, extensive software development working with, with a very smart and uh, creative team and it's very interesting that you know our company was was by no means a, a software company so uh, we just decided to be a software company for this competition, and now we have all the capabilities and the skill set that put us in, in in front of our competitors in, in software development space. So we are really excited and happy and uh, uh, thankful to DOE for creating this opportunity, actually for uh, generating such a you know uh, advanced visualization tool.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, a very exciting competition. Obviously, I was gone for I've been gone a year, so you did your, the bulk of your competition was done when I was, uh, when I was gone already. Um, but I helped, um, inspire that competition because I was always complaining. We had all these great advanced visualization, you know, games and, you know, obviously dizzy movies and, you know, there's just all this ability to, um, to draw and to communicate, um, visually various different ideas when, you know, Disney did all of the interpretation of uh, music, right? Using flowers and the dancing and and the like, you know, why couldn't we take real data and, you know, create a cartoon that would give us some understanding of the subsurface? I was always, you know, complaining about that. And then finally somebody took me up on it and said, you know, we're going to do this, you know, X prize on, you know, this visualization. And, um, and the subsurface, you know, was uh, real important, obviously. And so, oil and gas, we looked at some of that. Um, but obviously, it was the uh, investment by the carbon storage group that uh, brought out this competition and brought it forward. And so, that's that's real exciting. What what's on the front for that for that technology? Is it available for people, or how? What's the? How do we think about that? Or maybe that's a maybe that's a carry question. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Sure. I'm happy to chat about that. So essentially we are still developing that. We've got a lot of amazing assets and, and, uh, and time and people devoted to continuing to evolve that technology. So we're very excited, uh, but we want to make sure it's a robust technology and ready for commercialization before we release it. So certainly still in that progress and, and delighted to have the support that we've gained thus far and the reinforcement uh, of that technology so that we can put together a, a fantastic, viable um, option for the market. Absolutely. Yeah, That's
2: it's a very exciting technology. And, you know, we in the oil and gas business will take new technologies, especially those created outside of our sphere, and really take them and max them out, you know, like the computer. We were the first to max out memory and, and things like that. I mean. I come from a time when everyone did not have a laptop <laughs> or a cell phone that, <laughs> that you could model on, you know. So, um, so certainly, I've seen a lot of technology changes. And what happens is, uh, a, a new technology or a good technology comes along. It catches like wildfire. I mean, really, it just takes off. So, you definitely want to uh, want to be ready because it's not just you know the current technology. It'll what it's the visions that would be inspired. Um, buy that technology and people want more, 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 because now you've broken through that, uh, through that pathway. So, so that's really exciting that, that, that you're, has your company always been involved in developing new technologies, um, frontier like, um, uh, or, or, I mean, it's not really a service company is, it? I'm not sure how to, what category do you fit in?
0: Yeah. <laughs> upstream. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 I mean, we are upstream definitely, but we call ourselves technology and consulting company. Uh, and the reason is that, you know, we, we are heavily involved in technology development and is uh, specifically because we want to differentiate ourselves from other competitors. A lot of large service companies uh, in the market, so it's, it's not easy to compete with them in the you know, traditional consulting space. So um, like four years ago, we decided to, to develop innovative, unique technologies to basically put us in front of the uh, competitors in the market. And since then, I mean, uh, as, a, as of today, there are nine technologies that we are parallelly developing, from software de- software to you now AI-powered methodologies to even uh, downhole tool design and uh, development. So, <clears throat> yeah, we, we are we are developing technologies, but we are a consulting company. So the objective is to uh, convert all this research and development to products and services for the market. So we are not just Doing research for research, we really want to bring this product to the market. That's that's the object of, of our company.
2: That's that's exactly where I always wanted uh, the technology development that or the technologies that we invested in at the Department of Energy. I always wanted it to be. Oh, Carrie, you want to share?
1: I, well, I just wanted to add to what Hamid said because he's being quite modest. Is we do have some industry experts, right? Hamid included that bring a lot to the table, which is fantastic for our consulting. That's kind of the folks that you bring to the table, but having their insight and input while they're consulting real time in the industry is incredibly valuable. So just really wanted to emphasize and compliment Ahmed on, on what they bring um, because it, it makes a huge difference in that technology development when you're in it every day and you understand some of those challenges for an operator so we can help implement that.
2: Absolutely, it ha- you have to begin with the end in mind. You know what is the use case, and then uh, I don't want to say work backwards, but kind of work backwards to how to we solve that problem, and how do we solve it in the best possible way, and, and that's that's very exciting. You get to use all of your brain muscles uh, when you're trying to come up with uh, new ideas, and then and you have to borrow everybody else's brain muscles. And I mean, I love the brain candy. I love science, STEM. I mean, I'm a nerd girl, and I and I just love all that stuff. Um, always had trouble with politics, uh, or I should say, political science and history, and you know that whole arena of the world. And who knew I'd end up in Washington D.C. Uh, serving seven presidents in the course of a forty-year of a, uh, career um, in oil and gas. But but there, but there you have it. Um, and, um, so, so it's always really exciting, uh, to work with really, really smart people. And I just, I tend to fall into that, into that, uh, that deep hole of the brain candy. You know, it's just so exciting to, to be exposed to so many new things and like that, but got to move up that technology readiness level. Got to get it to commercialization because if it's just an idea, you can't do anything with it, right? I mean, we've got, that's the difference between science and engineering. I guess sometimes you think of the great ideas in science, but you got to turn it into something that people care about. Uh, and and want and need and, and can can really help um, by bringing it to uh, to commercialization, so so that's great that's great. Well, well some what are some of the other things that your company is into or you guys are into that you could uh, help us uh, get to know you a little bit better a little bit more about your company and your goals perhaps and where you want to where you where you're going what you're doing. Um, last time I think I saw you was at uh, Urtec. And, um uh, I should say unconventional resources technology conference and Hamed you were you presented several papers there I that was you know really exciting
0: um, yeah I can I can uh, put a little bit more uh, light on what we do and then carry uh, Carrie can definitely continue um you know going back to the previous discussion uh, uh Helena I mean I, I, because uh, a lot of people uh, ask me, I mean, uh, how you guys are so successful with getting all these grants and uh, fundings from different sources. And uh, I think that the reason is two things. First of all, we have people with industry experience who identify challenges, right? They're really good in, they know actually challenges in the subsurface, right? There are kind of dead end technology dead ends in in different aspects of subsurface that... Uh, we have smart and you know experienced people to identify those, uh, you know, technology dead ends, the the areas that really needs development, and then uh, we have smart and innovative people to come up with solutions uh, for those. So Kerry knows, I mean, almost every every week we have a you know, brainstorming session. So we combine these experienced people with uh, you know younger generation, you know, people with uh, fresher minds, you know to kind of come up with solutions. And uh, we are really, really focused on developing technologies that lower the cost of subsurface operations. We we don't really care about luxury, very advanced technologies uh, because specifically talking about uh, new energy sources like geothermal, like carbon storage, these are not really profitable projects at, at this stage. they they don't really need expensive uh, technologies. They need technologies that reduce the the cost and uh, be very efficient. So, uh, as I mentioned, there are different areas. There are are nine technologies we are developing. And apart from, for example, GeoDeck, which is our visualization tool, uh, we have developed technologies that uh, can basically characterize subsurface uh, uh, from surface all the way to the end of the, the well without requirement for any logs. We basically use uh, readily available drilling data to characterize subsurface, uh, physical, mechanical properties in situ stress field, right? And it it removes the the requirement for logs, uh, for geomechanics at least, which is quite costly. And it provides opportunity to characterize uh, overburden as well, because if you are really dependent on logs, then our limit is the pay zone, the reservoir, right? Uh, and then we are developing tools. Uh, we, we are developing a subsurface, basically, downhole tool that can directly measure uh, in situ stresses. is a tool that we don't have any uh, competing, basically, technology out there in the market. It has been one of the challenges of uh, myself, basically, during my 25 years of doing geomechanics for the industry. Uh, we do all this geomechanical modeling, how we calibrate it now. And for a stress field, there's absolutely no technology to provide uh, solid measurements uh, to calibrate the stress model. And now we are developing this technology in partnership with Sandia National Lab and the uh, 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 you know, uh, University of Louisiana at Lafayette. We are we're actually uh, finalizing the design and we'll, we'll develop this tool uh, in the next two years. Uh, we are also, we noticed that energy storage is a, an area that is really, really uh, needed for renewable energies, right? Uh, energy storage is, is a big challenge right now. And we have developed like subsurface thermal energy storage uh, concept and uh, technology to basically, uh, you know, uh, store the the thermal energy, actually the excess of, you know, electricity in, in form of uh, thermal energy for ultra long term. We are talking about uh, 1000 plus hours of energy storage while the best technology in the market is like four hours right now the battery technology so again uh, we are just looking for uh, areas that uh, kind of there's a uh, lack of uh, um, technology and try to to come up with you know low-cost uh, innovative solutions for those
1: well and if i can add to that just a. To- summarize my technical friend, is that we're looking for areas where we can make our operators more profitable, right? Efficiency is one of those areas, improving their production profile is one of those areas. And the subsurface, when we're talking about geomechanics, there's some spaces uh, within our expertise where there's opportunities there. So we're really excited to bring those products to the market and um, help push what we see as, you know, an expanded traditional upstream market uh, into the future.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Thanks for sharing all that extra uh, information about um, some of the technologies that you're engaged in. So, um, a couple of times we've talked about, or you've raised um, CO two storage and uh, geothermal and in subsurface and the likes. Not not everyone and not not all of our audience is that uh, familiar with upstream or familiar with oil and gas or these other you know subsurface storage and and uh, geothermal and the like. And so, um, just compare and contrast a little bit from traditional oil and gas to the skill set that for example, petroleum engineers would take from oil and gas and be able to apply, apply in these, um, expanded, um, areas. Um, you know, for me it's all about, it's all of the above, all of the above energy, you know, is good. And if anything that can reduce the cost of day-to-day life use of energy that cost for consumers is, you know, is, is a good thing. So, um, so talk a little bit about, you know, ju- uh, What am I saying? Petroleum engineering skills, transferring them to these other areas and, you know, just to continue to attract young people into, you know, this sector.
1: Fantastic. So when you when you're talking about, in general, the upstream space and, and, you know, quite frankly, there's many existing companies that have operated in carbon capture to a minor degree, but certainly geothermal for many years. So certainly the oil field service companies they have the equipment and the know-how to go out and drill the wells, right? To produce a reservoir there are some differences, but many of those skill sets cross over. So that's part of the exciting space and why upstream oil and gas naturally can evolve into geothermal and carbon capture as it complements their business. So, you know, when you're drilling a well, there's going to be those same subsurface parameters and limitations. So delighted to really kind of help bridge some of that and understand some of the differences so we can facilitate uh, that evolution to really is an expansion. As I've said, an expansion of that upstream market, right? It's not a new market for many, many of the players that, that are here today.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And, and um, as you say, um, you know, geothermal, for example, they actually drill wells, and in enhanced geothermal systems, they actually do hydraulic fracturing. Um, That's right. They have injectors and they have producers, and and uh, drilling an injector and a producer. you know, drilling is drilling, except in geothermal, it really is extreme: extreme pressure, extreme temperature, and so you really are uh, at the top of your skill set in terms of uh, oil, in terms of petroleum engineering, in terms of subsurface engineering. Um, when you're tackling that kind of a of a challenge, and then with respect to um, uh, carbon storage, you're talking about uh, as carbon is removed from the value chain or even from the air, having you know, doing something with that CO2 and injecting it into geologic formations uh, for long-term storage is you know is the uh, the vantage there that the uh, the objective uh, of all of that.
1: Well. So, and it's- I'm sorry, it's an expansion of that, Elena, right? We've been doing a lot of that, again, in traditional um, hydrocarbon production for some time. When you re-inject that CO2 for lift, right, to to actually lift those hydrocarbons to the surface, that is part of what happens with um, carbon storage because some of that carbon does not come back. So maximizing the value chain, and again, a lot of the existing technology and um, capabilities that exist today in oil and gas is, is, uh, is a huge part of our future.
0: And, and, and Elena, just to add to that, <clears throat> uh, I think it's not just about the skill sets and, you know, uh, uh, it's also learning and experience, right? So that's quite important because we are talking about the same subsurface. Uh, we are talking about the same uh, risks, the same uh, uh, rewards, right? <clears throat> and that, you know, 160 years of experience in the oil and gas industry and learning about subsurface, how to deal with those rocks, with those fluids in the subsurface, I think is a a great, it it actually uh, brings a lot of confidence uh, with it to the the geothermal and carbon storage, right? Uh, So I'm really happy that this value has been identified by people. So uh, like even in geothermal energy space, people noted that, you know, they should not really start creating anything from scratch. There are a lot of existing things, uh, learnings, uh, uh, skill sets, experience from oil and gas that can be potentially uh, can be definitely used for uh, the newest space as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is such an exciting area. That's why I'm so proud to be part of <laughs> oil and gas and part of subsurface and and part and working with people like you who you know develop new technologies and really push everything forward. We're almost at time. I don't know how the time went by so quickly. Um, are there some other things you want to share when we, with respect to Upstream? Again, not everybody who listens is, uh, you know, is familiar with Upstream and familiar with oil and gas. Is there an offshore component perhaps um, to, to your work or, or to your technologies or is that a frontier area for you? Um, just to, you know, there's onshore and offshore. And so is there an offshore um, aspect to your, to your work?
0: Uh, f- from uh, what we do, Elena, uh, basically most of the things that we do is equally applicable to onshore and offshore. Again, because we are subsurface, um, so of course, uh, in some aspects, you know, the approaches are are different. But uh, again, we are talking about the same type of formations, the same type of risks, uh, the same type of modeling and uh, evaluations. You know, characterization. So I would say there are a a huge coverage uh, uh, or overlap between offshore and onshore when we talk about subsurface. Um, But apart from that, just uh, uh, to to kind of conclude uh, uh, my part, uh, again, I I would like to emphasize again on the value that oil and gas have brought to, to the human race. Uh, transforming the industry, you know, lifting millions of people from poverty, uh, providing many valuable products that are essential components of our lives, such as, you know, medicines, polymers, uh, petrochemical products, uh, hygiene products, plastic, and and many more. Um, So I strongly believe any movement toward clean energy, uh, uh, which is, of course, necessary, uh, must be started with a big thank you big appreciation to the, you know, uh, oil and gas industry because of all those, you know, values and, you know, positive impact that uh, uh, brought to, to our lives. So, and what, what we are seeing today is, is an evolution of the energy industry on the foundation of traditional hydrocarbons, right? Uh, so the more we, we use that foundation to build our next steps, the stronger the house uh, we live in will be. So I, I, I mean... Although our company is actually heavily working in the clean energy space and energy transition, it really hurt me when people talk about shutting down oil and gas industry or, you know, getting rid of oil and gas. It is impossible. Now, oil and gas is every and every and each part of our lives is involved with oil and gas. It's not just the fuel that we put in the in our cars and generate CO two. Right? That to me, that is waste of oil and gas to use it as fuel. Because oil and gas can really be converted to really, really valuable products that uh, people will, I'm sure will, will appreciate it. And uh, uh, yeah, just wanted to say uh, that, you know, we do work toward clean energy, but this oil and gas is there and we should be always thankful of it because of all the good things that it has given us.
2: Thank you. Thank you. That, that That's great. Carrie, do you have anything you want to share?
1: Sure. Uh, You know, I'm really excited about the expansion of possibilities for the upstream market. Uh, Having worked in this arena for the vast majority of my career, uh, as with many of us, you know, we've seen some incredible ups and downs. Right. And I see this as the next incredible up. Um, You know, it's another revolution in this upstream space, similar to what I think we saw in shale as it kind of changed the structure of the industry. And uh, I've seen some amazing technological innovations through my career um, here in oil and gas. And I look forward to seeing that trend continue, both from PetroLearn with some of the fantastic things we're developing, but from the broader industry as well. We've, you know, solved a lot of problems in the world that they said were insurmountable and, uh, and we make that happen. So really delighted to be part of the industry and part of this evolution. Great, great. Thank you. Well, I'm afraid
2: that's the, um, the end of our time here today. Um, Hamed, Sourouche, and uh, Carrie Fellers, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, I'll let you say goodbye. Uh,
0: thank you very much, Elena, for the opportunity. Uh, and uh, I hope we, we can talk again soon.
2: Great. Absolutely.
1: Thank you, Elena. It was a thank fantastic. Thank you. Had a good time. Thank you. Thank
2: Thank you. you. All right. Well, that's it for um, Oil & Gas Upstream today. Please join us next time. And thanks again to Technique FMC, our sponsor. All right. That's the wrap. Thanks. Bye.
1: Join us again next week on the Oil & Gas Upstream podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.